Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we get together each week right here and discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. That's right. It's the Business of Agriculture, and I'm so glad you come here to be part of the conversation. This week, we're discussing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, cow farts, and why you should be scared. Now, too many people laughed this off. It was early February, about February 8th or 9th, when the Green New Deal was announced. It was co-sponsored by Ms. Cortez, the rising new shining star in the Democrat Party. She is a U.S. representative representing part of New York, the Bronx area, and it was also co-sponsored by a Massachusetts senator. Of course, AOC, as she's known, Representative Cortez, gets the bulk of the attention. In fact, that's one of the things that really concerns me. So I'm going to tell you today about the deal, meaning the Green New Deal. And I'm going to tell you what you maybe aren't seeing that goes deeper beyond this. What should really scare you? Okay, because I keep up with a lot of media. You know, I travel, I read every day that I travel, I read every day that I don't travel. I watch what's going on, I pay attention to what folks in agriculture are saying, and too many people are willing to laugh this off or, shall we say, discount it as just ah, ignorance. Discount it as just, oh, the woman just doesn't understand our business. No, it's much more nefarious than that. There's a lot bigger reasons to be concerned, and I fear that we, the business of agriculture, take her lightly to our potential great peril. So that's what we're going to discuss here today. First off, the big picture, in case you know, you, you've forgotten or you weren't quite paying attention in early February because you got too busy, the Green New Deal came out and, among other things, uh, it called for some pretty radical changes under the guise of climate change. We we're supposed to uh, get rid of airplanes, a certain number of years, completely revamp, change the electrical grid, no more coal, no more fossil fuels at all, in a very short order, which would actually be, well, impossible to attain, and absolutely the implementation just couldn't happen. And then, of course, uh, there was issues about cars and, and all this. Uh, all the buildings in North America, or in the United States of America, needed to be retrofitted to be more energy friendly. And then, there's the issue of livestock, because of cow farts. And I, I gotta tell you that too many people laughed this off when it came out and I actually was very concerned. I said, this is a bigger agenda than you wanna realize and this woman is not as foolish or even as ag she is ag ignorant, she is not as dumb as some might think that she is. So then within a week or two of that, she went on a uh, uh, an interview with a, 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 an outlet, a media outlet, if you will, in New York City. It kind of gears itself to being more young and hip. And she talked a great length there, and her exact words there were about hamburgers. And she said, and I quote, maybe we don't need to be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that uh, was on uh, this particular, you know, it was a, it was a niche program uh, that, you know, it's, it appeals to urban and younger folks, but it doesn't matter. It, it got put out on mainstream media then. And that's when I said, wait a minute, I want to see what the rest of that conversation looks like. And that's where she talked about, we need to do something about factory farms. Her exact words there were, we need to do something about factory farms. And the problem is every time she says these statements, her followers, her followers have such 
adoration and adulation for her. So that's the first thing that I'm going to tell you you should be scared of is not just Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh boy, I concern myself about some of the things and, and the things that she says, thinks, and wants to implement, but her followers frighten me possibly more than her, and the two of them together are a force to be reckoned with. Every U.S. representative, there are 435 of them, that's our, that's our U.S. House, if you will. There are 435 in the United States, so each of them in their district represent roughly 747,000 citizens. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because of her good looks and her radical approach and her uh, politics and political skills, has already amassed an amazing following. She has 3.8 million Twitter followers. In fact, she taught a class to the other Democrats in Congress on how to have a social media presence. She can snap her fingers and be on just about any media outlet, particularly the more left-leaning media outlets. In fact, it was just Friday, March 29th, 2019, that she had an evening program all to herself on MSNBC to discuss the Green New Deal and climate change. Now, again, I told you there's 435 U.S. representatives. How many of them could snap their fingers and get MSNBC to rent out a facility at a university in the Bronx, bring in fans and friends mostly of uh, and, and big, huge supporters of the particular representative, and then pull a 30-minute or 60-minute television broadcast? This is a 29-year-old girl that was tending bars recently as a year ago, and this is the sort of star class she now has. I am concerned about her because of her radical ideas, but more importantly, her rabid and adoring followers that if you watch the video, it will remind you, it will remind you of some of these third world countries that have dictators, that have adoring fans, that they go on their rhetoric and they scream and yell about what needs to change or we need to take money away from the, the factory farms, that kind of thing. It has me very concerned. Getting back to that, on her interview in February, when she said, we need to do something about these factory farms, you know, we need to do something about these factory farms. What does that mean, is my question, when she says, we need to do something about these factory farms? Somehow, no one questioned that. Not one farm organization, not one reporter said, what exactly do you mean when you call for, we need to do something about these factory farms? Do we need to collectivize them, like was done in the Soviet Union? Do we need to just have the federal government break them down into small pieces like we did with the bells, uh, you know, the, the mom bell and the baby bells back when the uh, telecommunications thing was a complete monopoly. You see, the problem is one of those, the collectivization of Soviet farms, was done by violent revolution, the Bolshevik, Bolshevik revolution, and then instituted by heavy-handed, forceful communist government. When we need to do something about factory farms as the statement, what does that mean we need to do? Does it mean we need to collectivize them? Do we need to break them up? Again, that was done because of monopolies. Companies like the, the Bell Corporation were divided into baby bells. And then, of course, it turned into ATT and, and all these other things. But, but that was because of monopoly. Factory farms don't have a monopoly. And what is a factory farm, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? What is a factory farm? Is it size? Is it acres? Is it revenue? Is it dollars? Is it employees? Number of pigs? Number of chickens? square feet of buildings to house chickens. What exactly constitutes a, quote, factory farm that you are so intent on doing something about? 
Are you going to be the arbiter of this? Is it you that's going to define what is and is not a factory farm? In other words, what if I have modern facilities, I milk 2,000 cows, but three of my cows are allowed to be out on pasture. Does that mean that I have now qualified as a non-factory farm? The definitions make a very slippery slope. and becomes rhetoric, and you're saying, well, Damien, you see, you're worried about rhetoric, and rhetoric never goes anywhere. Ah, 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 not so fast. Which brings me to my next point. You're saying, Damien, all right, you told me to be scared of her followers and the fact that she has such an adoring, almost rabid fan base. Also, the young folks who don't seem to understand history have such an adoration for this woman. Again, I use words like Soviet collectivization because you are listening and you say, Jesus, that sounds terrible. Oh, it was terrible. You may pull up the stats on Ukraine. Ukraine, the independent country now that was formerly part of the Soviet Union, is known as like the Iowa of Asia. It was amazing, rich, deep, prairie-type soils. Never reached anywhere close to the potential that it could have. Why? Because under collectivization, from each according to his means to each according to his needs, as Karl Marx said, Nobody works hard. There's no incentive to do so. When you can't make a profit, why would you? When you don't own the land, why would you care about it, whether it blows away? You see, you take away pride, you take away incentive, you take away capitalism, you take away profit potential, you take away private ownership. There is no productivity like there is here in the United States of America. So when she says she wants to do something about factory farms, I cringe. But here's the thing. I've got a pretty good understanding of history because I love history. And I lived through the Cold War, as many of you did. At least I didn't live through the 50s. I was born in the 60s. But I can tell you that I understand the history and the effect of the Cold War. So the millennials, or the sub-millennials, who love and adore Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because she's 29 years old, don't have a clue. What scares me also is that I've seen a lot of social media among agricultural people saying things like, well, we just need to educate her. We just need to educate her instead of calling her dumb. And by the way, I don't think she's dumb. I believe she is very ignorant about agriculture, but she is very smart about how to gain and attain and retain power and use it to accomplish your ideology. You see, that's what I'm going to tell you. When you go, oh, but I saw on Twitter, they said, well, we just need to have a town hall where she comes in, hears from farmers. We're going to educate her. We make the mistake in agriculture. I talk about it in my live presentations. We're the only industry that thinks we're going to educate our way into prosperity and having no battles. Do you think Apple thinks they just need to educate the world and they won't be despised? What about Amazon? What about uh, any other corporation? What about other, any other industry? Oh, we just need to educate the. We just need to educate these people. Here's the bigger problem: ideologues don't want to be educated. They already work from position of they know everything, and they want to impose their beliefs onto you because you just don't know any better. Do you believe you could have educated Fidel Castro out of his beliefs that communism was a better option for Cuba? You're going to educate Maduro, who's clinging to power down in Venezuela right now, while his people are starving. The average Venezuelan's lost about 30 pounds over the last year and a half because of socialism gone awry, which it always does. Make no mistake, this is not an education issue. She already has her convictions, her beliefs. Don't believe it? I'll tell you exactly what she said 
On Friday evening, March 29th, during her MSNBC town hall where she had an audience of loving and adoring fans, the issue was climate change and the Green New Deal. And then they said, what about cow flatulence? And the audience laughed because cow farts are funny. Now, you and I in the business of agriculture realize it's not even accurate. It's not about cow farts. It's about the entire digestive system of a ruminant with the four chambers and all the gases that come out of it, whether they're burps or farts or what have you. Also, it's a much lesser issue than these people carry on about. But you see, you think it's about the science and the facts and the data. But if you listen to me in the Business of Agriculture podcast, you know it's never about science, facts, economics, or data. It's about the real issue. Control. They don't like meat. They think that they should be in control of what you eat and what America eats. So that's why she says things like, I will quote again her statement in February, maybe we don't need to be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What business is it as a, of a politician? What business is it whether I eat a cheeseburger for breakfast? But that's not how they think. They think that the, the idea that they have and the belief that they have is superior to yours, and therefore they should be in charge. She goes on to say on this Friday night MSNBC climate change Green New Deal meeting on televised broadcast, quote, it doesn't mean we need to end cows, audience laughter, because again, these people adore her. What it does mean is we need to innovate and change our, 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 our grain, our cow grain, which, you know, they feed in these troughs. Ms. Cortez goes on to say, quote, it means we really need to take a look at regenerative agriculture. Like, these are our solutions. These are our solutions. Applause and great adoration. Okay, I'm a farm guy. I own a few hundred acres of farm land. I was raised on a dairy farm. I have a degree in agricultural economics. So that being said, I have never in my life heard of regenerative agriculture. I don't know what exactly regenerative agriculture is. I would like to define it. But you see, you are being logical, as am I, and there is no logic to this entire campaign. It's about socialism. It's about government control. It's about changing an industry that they have deemed to be bad. Even without good science, facts, data, or economics, it is already bad and they need to be in charge. That is the way that these people think. Even though you don't want to get political, and I don't don't usually get political on this podcast, but what choice are we left with? This is a politician who wants to change do something about factory farms, and also restrict and change diets. How's that going to be done? Through rationing? That worked out really well for booze, didn't it? Just ban booze. Worked out really well, didn't it? No, of course it didn't. You know about prohibition. If you don't, it means it gave rise to the power of the mafia, organized crime, created all sorts of uh, illegal activity within law enforcement as well. So regenerative agriculture, I'm not sure exactly what she means, and neither is she. But you know what? Those who make up words and terminology to describe our industry, do so knowing that it will catch on in the media. Sustainable agriculture? Define it. We've been doing agriculture in this country since the 1700s, 1600s. Does that mean we're sustainable? Sustainable means small? Does sustainable mean uh, we only use manure? Does sustainable mean that we we, uh, uh, don't use irrigation? Does sustainable mean that it's local? Ask 100 different people to define sustainable agriculture and you get 100 different answers. Same now goes for regenerative agriculture. What does that mean, Representative Ocasio-Cortez? And the answer, of course, is it's whatever she deems it to mean. More importantly, cow grain. 
We need to innovate and change our, our, our grain, our cow grain, which you know they feed in these troughs. Well, in fact, I do know. I know about feeding cattle, but I don't know exactly what cow grain is. Uh, there's all sorts of manner of grain. Corn, soybeans, wheat, oats, flax, grain sorghum. I can go on and on and on. But I don't exactly know what cow grain is, and neither does she. But it doesn't matter because her followers don't know what cow grain is, and it makes no difference to them. You think you're going to win by educating. You can't educate an ideologue. This is not about data, facts, economics, or science. It's about ideology. Number three thing that scares me a great deal, where are the farm groups? You know, the National Corn Growers Association threatened to sue Anheuser-Busch over ads for the Super Bowl that show corn syrup as an ingredient for Coors Light and Miller Light and position Bud Light as superior because it doesn't use corn syrup in its ingredients. National Corn Growers Association put out all over the media that they were upset by this. They were offended. After all, corn's a good product. We're going to possibly sue you, but we'd like to meet you first. Oh, my mercy. Only about 3% of the corn crop goes for corn syrup. Total of around 6% total goes for sweeteners in any form. So 3 to 4 to 6 at the most goes to corn syrup, and you're willing to sue and fight Anheuser-Busch, AB InBev, a multinational brewer? But guess what? Over 30% of corn ends up as animal feed. And you have a representative, a U.S. representative, a congresswoman that is saying right here, right now, that she would like to get rid of meat. She wants to change the diet. She wants to restrict beef consumption. And yet there's nothing coming out from the Corn Growers Association. What about the National Cattlemen's Beef Association? Ha, goodness sakes. This is a much bigger issue than how you register your Herefords, and yet you don't hear anything out of the beef groups. What about the Farm Bureau? Hundreds of employees, big offices in Washington, D.C., just down the street from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Not one word has been said, yet she wants to do something about factory farms, wants to change agriculture, wants to dictate the diet of the American people. And where's the American Farm Bureau? crickets. So where are these farm organizations? That should scare you right there because why are they Why are they supposed to have our back? And where are they when they're supposed to have our backs? If they don't have our backs when they, can, they can't stand up to a 29-year-old congresswoman, what about when it gets worse? When agriculture really de does need somebody to go to the trenches on our behalf. Fourth thing that bothers me and scares me and should scare you as well. We've talked about the point does she want collectivization? Are we talking about an issue where she wants to, and her followers, want to have the federal government take over? Now, we already have a certain degree of socialism when it comes to agriculture. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being mean. But let's face it. We have subsidies for crop insurance. Uh, we have subsidies for uh, market loss situations. Uh, the government just gave $12 billion to the, uh, to the farmers in the United States over this whole China situation, which really was about price protection. Not being mean, I'm being honest. We do have a certain level of government control and socialism when it comes to agriculture. However, we still own our own properties and we plant what we plant and we grow what we grow. And we do what we do with our own practices to a certain degree, free of government control. I don't know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her followers are okay with that. Here's the biggest reason you should be scared and I'll close out with this. Talked about her followers, talked about the idea that some people think we can educate this, uh, this woman and, and her sort. And then, of course, where are the farm groups? 
The fourth thing that has me scared and should scare you also is the real agenda. There is an agenda here that I believe is greater than most people comprehend. They can laugh off cow farts. They can say that she is ignorant. They can talk about the fact that she does not understand agriculture and that she just needs educated. They can say, the people that you and I both know, oh, well, it's just one person. But it's not just one person. It's one person with an outsized presence with 3.8 million followers just on Twitter, not to count. Not counting all the people that don't even have a Twitter account that would show up and support her ideas and her ideals. And again, this is an ideological situation, not a factual or an economics or an agricultural situation. AOC, as she's known, is harnessing the environmental movement's fervor to accomplish her goal. You see, environmentalism, as I have told my ag audiences for the last five to 10 years, is the new religion. We must do something about the environment. 80 plus percent of millennials and everyone under them does believe in anthropogenic climate change, meaning human-caused global warming. And so the agenda now is what can we do about it? But AOC, in my opinion, is way less concerned about the weather and the climate than she is about instituting her plan, her ideals, her control. The angle is very simple. The kids are fat. America's unhealthy. Our environment is in bad shape. It's all because of agriculture out here destroying the planet. But if you let me take control of this industry, the world will be a better place. The momentum for this has been building for a while. Okay? There's already an environmentalism in place. We know that. The march against Monsanto pushed by environmentalists and also those that just want to destroy the company or worship the maker of glyphosate or just get to where we are banned and we can't use glyphosate at all. That's the agenda. So don't think for a second that someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her legion of fans and followers don't want that to be the outcome. They prefer a world where someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is in charge versus you being in charge. And again, I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure that she actually cares that much about agriculture, but she knows this is an opportunity to push an agenda and to push this agenda than getting control. Remember, some of those who are in political power that claim to be here to save us from the boogeyman are actually the boogeyman. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for joining me here on the Business of Agriculture. If you'd like to make your next agricultural meeting a huge success, you know I speak at all 50 states, five foreign, five provinces in Canada, and about seven foreign countries. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a shout. You can find me at DamianMason.com, at Damian P. Mason is my Twitter handle, Damian Mason Professional Speaker is my Facebook page, and Damian Mason LinkedIn. Thanks for joining me. Till next time, it's the Business of Agriculture.